0: I'm Nurse Jessica Seitz along with Nurse Erica. We're Nurses Uncorked, the podcast that takes nursing facts with nursing comedy and makes a little cocktail out of it.
1: Okay, guys, just want to give you a heads up. This week, the entire episode is dedicated to problems for nurses. It's a special episode full of all information. From attorney Ryan so we're going to forego our cocktail of the week and our enema award of the week because we really wanted to bring you all of these all of the problems and information that Ryan has to provide hi everyone welcome back to the nurses uncorked podcast you know me I'm nurse Erica we've got nurse Jessica sites and this week we are joined with joined by none other than attorney Ryan Welcome, Ryan. Thank you so much for being here today.
2: Hey, thank you for having me. And uh, I have to say, I absolutely love nurses as a former firefighter and now as a labor lawyer, uh, me and nurses, moi simpatico. So thank you for having me on.
0: (laughs) Yay, that's so sweet. We're glad you're here. I'm excited. We need some legal advice. No, I'm just kidding. I don't.
1: Well, I think nurses in general need legal advice, a lot of it. And that's That's why I've been so excited to get you on here.
2: Yeah, the healthcare profession, I mean, it's, it's such a high stress, high intensity environment, even in the units that aren't typically, you know, super critical patients, just the hours and the decisions and the labor that is required of nurses and the constant state of readiness. I mean, it, it's got to be one of the top three highest stress positions that you can be in. And not only that, it's a very profit-driven industry, as much as we don't like to talk about that. And whenever you have yes. a very profit-driven industry, all industries are profit-driven, but hospitals and healthcare networks in particular, when they have shareholders and things like that, uh, one of the best ways they can cut costs is with labor. And we see a lot of that.
1: that. That is absolutely accurate for the nursing profession. Just out of curiosity, what are the other two, when you say top three,
2: You you know, stress is so relative. I'm never going to be one of those people who says, "Oh, you think you have it tough in your office job? Try the military." Oh, you think you have it tough? There, try. Stress is relative, but where I see very high levels of labor law violations and high stress being placed on employees, uh, healthcare workers easily competing for the number one spot. Uh, I also see it a lot in public education, Uh, teachers. being forced to pay out of pocket for expenses, uncompensated hours, unions not really stepping up for them, constant budget cuts. Uh, and then, of course, that leads next to things like first responders, military, and, believe it or not, construction. Uh, we but see a I, lot of shenanigans in construction. I wanna say
0: Before we get into all of this stuff, I want to know who Attorney Ryan is as a person because yes. I'm going be, to be honest with you. Um, I did not start following you until recently because Nurse Erica spoke highly of you. Um and she told me about your your TikTok and I started following you, but I'd like to hear a little bit about your past because people that are listening right now might be like who the hell is attorney Ryan? Like you said you were a firefighter, like tell us a little bit about like your your work history, your, I don't know. Yeah, but let, we want to know who you absolutely, are. Absolutely,
2: yeah. No, I'll give you the little rundown for sure. So, no, I wasn't always an attorney. I started off my career as a firefighter. That's, you know, since I was a kid... Uh, that's all I ever wanted to do, actually. Uh a fun fact, when I was four or five years old, my parents threw a firefighter-themed birthday for me. And I still Aww. have the toy fire truck they gave me. It is Aww. beat to crap. It is that's the most so beat-up little toy fire truck you've ever seen, but I still have it. Uh anyway, that's all I ever wanted to do. And and I did do that. I was a firefighter for a little over four years. Uh, worked for Cal Fire. I was a volunteer for a little bit. I was in the San Diego County Fire Authority. Uh, And it was truly a wonderful, life-changing experience. I like to say I grew up in the fire department. That was my transition from being a child into being an adult. Uh, And during that time, uh, I really got, the full firefighter experience, I got to be part of a battalion I liked. I got to go on special rescue operations. I was in Ocotillo, uh Wells Desert for a little bit. I got to do structure fires, wildfires. I did Schedule B and did forest fires all up and down the state for a little bit. But after the fourth year, I had a little tingle in the back of my head. And I, I ignored it for the longest time because it took so much work to become a firefighter. And that was all I ever knew. And that little tingle was telling me, you're not happy. And when you look at your captains, there's a piece of your heart that says, I don't want to turn out like them. Not that there's anything wrong with what they're doing, just the lifestyle they had didn't excite me anymore. And I had to be honest and say, well, what am I going to do differently? Fortunately, the same year I acknowledged that voice in my head that said, being a firefighter wasn't making me happy anymore, I had started work in our collective bargaining unit. One of the chiefs in my battalion was doing some negotiations for our CBA. And word got out that I had some college education. So he said, hey, Steiger, why don't you help me with some of the drafting? You know, you're just going to be sort of my secretary on this project. And it was pretty cool. Because at the time uh, we had terrible staffing numbers, we were always short staffed. We were working way too long, uh, not getting enough days off, and I was only getting paid sixteen fifty an hour as a full time firefighter. Uh, oh,
0: geez, that sounds like nursing. In those
2: negotiations, <laughs> yeah, you it know, was rough. It I, does. See, uh, like I said, moi simpatico, we get it, you know. Right. And and I, it kind of opened my eyes, and I was like, wow, you know, uh, if you have a little bit of education and you know that this is where. The quality of life starts at this collective bargaining table. And that gave me my first peek into labor law. Uh, you know, I knew that I was going to go to law school. That's where I decided I would go next. And, you know, I hadn't exactly chosen employment law as a field yet, but it planted the seed. And when I got to law school, that seed grew. And now, now I'm, I'm the labor lawyer <laughs> That's, that's you my life are, in, in a few minutes.
1: <laughs> you are the go-to labor lawyer on social media. There's there's a couple of you out there. Uh, I know uh, Attorney Page. I love her. But everybody gravitates to you. Love I do her. too. I adore mm-hmm. her. Adore her. Uh, but you have the best advice. And I know you do a lot of stuff for healthcare workers. And I thought today maybe we could just kind of run through some of the more common problems that i hear on a daily basis from nurses and healthcare workers and you can give us your professional insight on that what do you think cuz we, oh, we know I'd erica has a happy lot to. <laughs> erica gets a lot of people telling do, about yeah. their problems for sure so i, I do I, and i get people telling me all the time to go to law school i have no desire to go to law school that is a whole lot of work my son is a 2l he just really made law, he is, and he just made law review. I have to brag for a minute. Um, do it, do it. No, law I review see... is
2: is a big nerd flex. It's it in law school yeah. for those who don't know, making law review is the equivalent of being on the varsity football team. It's a big oh. deal. S- so well, I have nice. To
1: tell you, I I didn't know any of that. And he calls me, and he's like, "Mom, I made law review." And I'm like, "That's cute. You're in a you're in a cute little law club. Good for you." <laughs> and he's like, "No, it's a really big deal." And then it he is gets, a big deal.
2: Yeah. yeah.
1: And now he got some huge law firm out there, like the biggest one where he is, that just hired him strictly based on the fact that he made law review. And I'm like, "Oh, it's not a cute little law club." <laughs>
2: It's a big factor. You know, one thing I forgot to mention in my little life story spiel is today, as I sit here, I am the CEO of Centurion Trial Attorneys. We're located in California. We do, of course, employment law, sexual harassment, wrongful termination. We also do class actions. I'm representing a few thousand nurses currently uh, in, in a few different class actions. Yeah. Uh, but when I do my hiring decisions, you know, one of the things I do look at is, well, what'd you do in law school? You know, I don't really care about your grades. I don't care about grades that much. But if you're on law review, that's a huge plus, because that tells me that you're an excellent writer and researcher. And, you know, sometimes, especially in the class action space, if you can articulate your thoughts well, and out research your opponent, you're dangerous.
1: Yeah, well, now now I've discovered that that's a big deal. And I I Mm -hmm. can't patronize him anymore about it. (laughs) But my point was, I I see how hard it is for him, how much Mm -hmm. work goes into law school, I have no desire. And my hats off to you for doing it. I'm so impressed every single day. We're the last
2: line of defense, Erica. I I appreciate what you're saying. And I didn't mean to step on your last bit there. But Mm -hmm. I wanted to say what you're doing is probably more important. Like, yes, the labor lawyers were the last line of defense. I like to say when diplomacy has failed, that's when people hire me. But having leaders in the workplace, people who have some understanding of their rights and choose to be a safe place for their coworkers that is worth its weight in gold. That's worth more than having an employment attorney's number in your phone. Because I'm, if you can have leaders play, like that.
0: I'm mm-hmm. going to play um, the I don't know anything, I'm dumb role. <laughs> what is a labor lawyer? Like, uh, Erica, obviously, and uh, obviously, you know what you're doing. But for somebody that doesn't know, that's like, I mean, I, I get the gist of it. Obviously, you're representing somebody probably in the workforce, something uh, mm-hmm. has gone wrong but w- how would you describe what a labor lawyer is
2: well depending on my nude I, m- mood n- not nude
0: nude. oh my god this <laughs> depending is turning into a whole other my- podcast be- oh <laughs> okay all right now. well
2: <laughs> i just attorney got you your explicit ryan's- rating
0: attorney ryan's getting <laughs> naked
2: demonetized. Sorry, guys. (laughs) So what does a labor lawyer do? Depending on my mood, I self-identify as an employment lawyer, labor lawyer, or a workers' rights attorney. I think that's most accurate. Uh, What do we do? Anything in the employment context. There's individual actions that we take on. Anything. Sexual harassment, discrimination, hostile work environment, wrongful termination. We're all over that. Uh, But we also do wage and hour stuff. Now, What does that look like? Your overtime isn't being paid properly. They're paying you straight time when you should be getting some kind of shift differential or some kind of overtime or double time. They're not giving you your meal and rest breaks. They're clocking you out for meals even though you're totally still working or charting. We see that a lot. Like nursing again.
0: This sounds totally a lot of my clients are
2: nurses. A lot of my clients are nurses. And why do we do class actions for those? Well, the problem with some of those cases is wage theft. I I tell people it's death by a thousand cuts. Your employer shaves off, you know, 50 bucks a week from you. And at first you think, whatever, I'm not going to raise hell over that. But it adds up. It does add up and it it does make a difference. I have clients who come to me and they say, hey, I'm pulling a lot of shifts and my quality of life is not changing and my pay is not changing very much. What's going on? Sure enough, we look at the wage statements and we can find some funny business in there. Now, your individual damages are pretty small, so it, you're going to have a hard time finding a law office that's able to take that on. I mean, my firm, we've got seven people and we we just don't, we we can't take a couple hundred dollar case. We would lose a fortune, but what we can do is we can combine everyone into one class action. And that forces a couple of things. First of all, it makes it viable for a larger law office to take up your claim. And that way you get the benefit of a full-fledged big firm without having to pay out of pocket for it. And the the employer takes notice because instead of it being like a three or four hundred dollar problem, it becomes a multi-million dollar problem. And those multi-million dollar problems hopefully sometimes, but not always, lead to policy changes.
0: And that's what they. That's
1: cause- when I first became aware of you. I think a couple of years it was about a year and a half, two years ago, where there was a major healthcare organization that uh, was essentially committing wage theft. It appeared. Uh, what else is they, new? Yeah, and I, I remember <laughs> speaking to you about that at the time, and um, reaching out for nurses to hopefully contact you so that they could get some help but that that's a pervasive problem in the nursing profession they make our our uh pay stubs so complicated that an accountant would not be able to make heads or or tails out of it and they shave a little bit here just like you said and a little Mm -hmm. bit there and before you know it yeah
0: i guess my question what i was going to say is
1: the majority of the
0: time though if it's happening to one individual it probably is happening to the majority if it's a big corporation or big hospital i mean if they're not paying if they're you know taking out a lunch break constantly and you never get a lunch break that's probably happening to mm-hmm. everybody else as well so it it would stand to be that it would make sense like let's how many other people is this happening to like how do you initiate something like that Do you have to have a group of individuals come to you like or, you know, like if one person comes by themselves, I guess is what I'm saying. And in Mm -hmm. your mind, you're like, okay, listen, this is probably happening if if we're going to be able to represent, we need to do it in a larger mass. Like, how do you coordinate something like that?
2: Well, I'll I'll try to avoid any legalese or getting into too many details that would be boring. But basically, we only need one person to come forward because we we know what we're looking for and we know how to conduct our investigation. So if you're sitting at work and you're looking at your wage statement and you know that they are screwing you, maybe Mm -hmm. you're not sure why. Just It feels wrong and you know you're getting screwed. Take it to an employment lawyer who does, uh, if you're in California, ask them if they do PAGA claims and class actions. Anywhere else, just ask if they do class action. Make sure it's something they do and say, look, here's my wage statements. What's going on? What are we going to do? We're going to look at your pay records. we're going to ask you some questions about what it's like and why you feel you're being underpaid and If you have friends, we'll say, "Hey, did you talk to anyone else? You know Can they come forward and see it's not strictly necessary all the time We can get that information later, but it is helpful. There's strength in numbers and but uh, just so anyone's listening, if you feel that you're being screwed over by your employer, it only takes one. Most lawyers will talk to you for free, and it's confidential, so if it turns out that there's nothing there. Um, We're not going to tattle on you. We're not going to charge you any money. Just, you know, hey, it looks like it's on the up and up. You know, you're just being underpaid. Time to ask for a raise.
1: Now, what would you say to uh, staff employees that are afraid to join an existing class action lawsuit because they fear retaliation?
2: That is one of the number one concerns we see. And it's why a lot of people don't come forward in the first place, you know, especially, you know, we'll see – no hate to charge nurses, just some charge nurses will forget <laughs> that they are nurses and not uh, C level yes. executives of the hospital. Especially and it's managers. Wild. It's crazy. It's like you'll take a bullet so that the CEO can get his $30 million bonus, but your friends just want to make rent. You can't help them out for five minutes. Jeez. It's, right, exactly. get started on that. I got big opinions about that. Uh, but where was I, I love going it. with this? So the, the yeah. fear of retaliation is very yes. normal. It's very normal here's how you protect yourself. First of all, know your rights. In all 50 states, doesn't matter if you're in an at-will state, right-to-work state, red state, blue state, doesn't matter. Retaliation for reporting wage theft is illegal. And even if you are mistaken, let's say you report the wage theft to the Department of Labor, state labor board, or to your management or an attorney, and let's say you were wrong. As long as you had a good faith belief that it was wage theft, you're still protected from retaliation. Now, the next thing people say is, But Ryan, can't they just fire you for no reason? Can't they just lie and say it's performance? Yes, they can, yeah. and they will. Here's yep. how you protect yourself make the complaint in writing, send it via Thank text, you. send it via email, keep a copy for yourself. Don't put it on the company server, even if they say, Oh, don't put it on yep.
1: print, print it, it. save it. I don't it care, at home. keep a copy.
2: Because here's the deal. You don't need them to acknowledge receipt. You don't need them to say, yes, I got this. All you have to do is send it to a place where you typically communicate with your HR or your employer. And if they want to turn around and say, oh, we never got the email. It's like, this is your email address. Right? Right. Do you regularly use this in business? Yes. Do you normally get those messages? Uh, okay. Well, let's find proof that you normally get it. So don't worry about that. Just send it in writing, keep a copy for yourself. Now you asked another really interesting question let's say there's an existing class action and someone wants you to cooperate in the investigation, or maybe you get something in the mail that gives you notice of the class action and it has an opt out sheet. Well, first things first in most class actions, this is the vast majority of them. You don't have to do anything to get your money. If you're a member of the affected class, even if you're not a named plaintiff, you don't have to do anything to participate most of the time. So they wouldn't even know if you got the money because everyone's getting the money. You know, it's, it, you're not going to be singled out is what I mean to say. Uh, but if someone invites you to join it, maybe you have some really good knowledge as a witness. Again, you're protected. Again, you're protected. Just document what's good. happening. So if they do something stupid, uh, you have your proof. I'll tell you this much. I've done a lot of cases. I've done a lot of class actions. I have never had an employer fire one of my clients while the class action was going uh, because it would be felony stupid. Because even if they had, <laughs> yeah,
1: even if stupid. they had a good that. reason,
2: it's going to look like retaliation. It's, it's going to look really, really bad. Uh, yeah. So it's just, and even if the managers and the, I've had uh, employers get upset and say, just fire their ass. It's an at-wheel state, And then their attorneys will be like, please don't do that to me. Don't, don't do that to me. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say retaliation Go in nursing is so big though i mean it, it's
2: pervasive
0: it is it's, it's it an takes ongoing, many shapes
2: and forms it's mm-hmm. an ongoing yeah. theme
0: i mean even just from small things like you know just uh, voicing your opinion speaking out to a manager putting something out there minimally on social media like it doesn't take mm-hmm. much to have that retaliation start coming back at you and that's why a lot of nurses are scared to say anything they are scared to do anything
1: because of they that. are they're terrified mm-hmm. because they every single nurse has seen not just one but numerous coworkers over the years be retaliated against and that usually looks like a slow torture until mm-hmm. they are finally terminated or resign you Absolutely. know it, it, it's bad yeah. it's bad uh, there's
2: a lot to that the retaliation thing well let's let's be clear real quick there's sort of the uh The word retaliation we interpret that as hey someone's punishing you for something they don't like legally retaliation is an adverse employment action a reduction in pay a degradation of your duties some kind of loss in seniority or other benefits and privileges of employment motivated by an unlawful purpose typically it's because you reported harassment you reported wage theft you cooperated in an investigation Greg touched Susan's butt. You saw it. You cooperated in the investigation and then they decided you're a troublemaker and cut your hours. Boom. That's retaliation.
0: What if yeah. it's because you're dating a physician? Oh, never mind. That's a whole nother story. Ooh. That was oh, a previous
2: man. episode.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's the, a tough the, one to That's a tough one yeah, to prove. The romantic but... way. They're married now.
2: <laughs> well, good for them. Good for them. We like to see a, a fairy tale ending like that.
0: Um, yes. but I'm sure you've heard all sorts of uh stories and all sorts of things. I mean, I'm sure that I've there's heard
2: absolutely things that would shock you things. I, I probably can't discuss here. Uh, probably but wouldn't shock me. honestly. Pre- pretty but... much anything you can imagine. And believe it or not, any intro you've seen to a poorly filmed adult movie. Um, we've seen Ooh. situations <laughs> like that too. Look, it's, it's work. Wow. It's, it's a work environment where people uh, are, are, it's a lot of stress, but you guys work together and get very close and romantic relationships do form. And some of the love triangles that we've seen can get pretty intense. Now, why does that matter? I mean, look, non-fraternization policies are generally enforceable. California is the only state that may be an exception, but don't cling your hopes to that. Uh, It's still unsettled. But generally, non-fraternization policies are legal. Uh, In the context of, you know, a superior dating a subordinate, you know, if it's when the relationship ends or goes south that we see some really bad retaliation. It's like, okay, if you're not my girlfriend anymore, then I guess you don't need the best shifts. I guess you don't need to be in the best unit. I guess you don't get your lunch breaks anymore. That is definitely retaliation. It's also something we call quid pro quo sexual harassment. If the benefits of employment you enjoyed are taken away from you because you stopped dating someone, that is quid pro quo. And and that is a form of sexual harassment
0: absolutely the crazy well, thing was not to get to in you didn't it I jessica just, i was just saying not to get into my story but you know as as a physician technically he was not my superior because he's not employed right. mm-hmm. by the hospital so they they did have that policy in effect but it would have had to have been like my direct manager or uh, mm-hmm. somebody higher up that was in the hospital I, obviously i didn't seek like uh an attorney or anything like that. But what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. is I'm sure that there's a lot of people that this happens to because, um, I don't want to say just women, but people can be catty. They can, uh, for whatever reason, just find a reason to not like you. And how many times do you have people though, that are saying that they're being written up unjustly. They're obviously trying to get them fired. They're Finding a way to get them out. Performance and techn-
1: improvement plans. Ten- laying the
0: groundwork. Yeah, these yeah. write-ups are technically legal. They're technically okay. Yes, you clocked in one minute late, and then they write you up again two days later for clocking in one minute late, and all of a sudden you're <laughs> on final written warning. Like yeah,
2: yeah, uh, that creates an interesting web. So here's what we see. And now, again, I'm licensed in California. Uh, I do. Most of my content speaks to federal law. I always say, Hey, this only applies to Texas. It only applies to California. Like I'll tell you, but most of my stuff is federal. Uh, but I just want to be aware that state by state, how you prove your case is going to change somewhat. Uh, but in my state here, here's what happens with those retaliatory write-ups, those pretextual, like, you know, it's yeah. BS. They're just trying to pad your file we call it yep. file padding it's a technique hr reps love basically you complained of sexual harassment the person you complained of is the rock star that everyone loves it's chad right. we yeah. love chad you know we're chad. not going to do anything about it's <laughs> Chad. But- it's always I chad
1: it's always chad i know
2: damn it chad <laughs> But you know what, Erica Jessica, you guys seem like a problem because you didn't r- like Chad and you reported him for sexual harassment. We like him more than you. so guess what? Yeah. You talked in a minute yeah. late. you left your food in the fridge. you you know you wore yeah. pink on Tuesday, whatever it was. Uh, right. So here's what you can do. again, the initial report needs to be in writing because if your initial report predates those write-ups, then they could put 50 write-ups in there. If they all happened within a fairly reasonable period of time, could be months. After that performance, it's like, wait a minute. Before the complaint, no write-ups, glowing reviews. After the complaint, you write her up for sneezing out of tune. That's a little weird, (laughs) don't you think? And, you Mm -hmm. know, the defense counsels, they'll stick to their guns generally with the help of a mediator. We can think, hey, guys, like this looks pretty suspicious. Uh, And then in front of a jury, it can be suspicious too. Because the standard we have to prove is not that the report was the only reason you got fired but a substantial motivating factor. That's the standard in California. In some states, it is a but-for standard. But even then, it's like, hey, if not, for her reporting wage theft or sexual harassment, would these performance write-ups have even happened? I think not.
1: Yeah. We were talking about this morning is this just, I think, abusive trend with hospitals and healthcare facilities over the last couple of years where they are, believe it or not, taking away the chairs from nurses' mm-hmm. stations for nurses to sit on. And they are actually implementing policies saying, you must stand when you're charting. You must be in the hallway standing on the portable, um, we call them a cow or a wow, uh, workstation on wheels. It's the yeah. computer that we take around with It's us. like a standing um,
2: desk that rolls around, and it's usually correct. about shoulder width wide. Something yes. like that. Well, my shoulders. Yeah. I don't know about yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: And, you know, of course, nurses usually work 12 hour shifts. And so can you imagine being on your feet nonstop and never being able to sit down for 12 hours, even when you just are charting?
2: I what do you can think and about I have that? some low back x-rays to prove it actually. And this is why another reason firefighters and nurses get along so well is I think we can really empathize with a lot of the daily sort of pain in the ass things that we put up with, yeah. especially, you know, in the context of wildland firefighting, you're on your feet many, many hours at a time. Uh, occasionally yeah. you can find a cozy rock to lean up against, but you know, as far as the taking away <laughs> the stools at the nursing, first of all, what rationale have you heard for this?
1: Oh, uh, I'd be happy to tell you. Um, mm-hmm. It's giving the impression to patients and family members that uh, nurses are not working, that they're lazy, that they're just sitting around on the computer. Meanwhile, every single day, we're getting emails saying we've added more required documentation. Like, this is the, the major part of our job is it sounds like sitting Walmart. there and They do this in... to
0: the Walmart people, too. The poor greeters yeah. that are pregnant and, like... 90 years old or having mm-hmm. to stand there just the same. And it, it, it's absolutely ridiculous. I it's mean-
2: maddening. It's absolutely maddening to say, oh, we think that patients think you're not working hard enough. Therefore, you must stand while you chart. That is the most back ass stupid, <laughs> ignorant, point of Thank privilege you. spoiled c-level executive milky skin pencil neck bratty <laughs> shit i've ever heard you know Absolutely. that didn't come from a frontline nurse and it didn't come from anyone oh, who's no. actually had to work their way up the chain and this is why it you know look it's possible for people to be in leadership positions without having the specific job of the people they lead but man you've got to have some empathy with the people you're commanding and they to don't. say you don't look busy that's that's absurd so here's what the law has to say about it unfortunately at the federal level there's no seating requirement so Mm. states like florida and texas which pretty much just follow the federal guidelines for most things they don't tend to add a whole lot of protections you're pretty much out of luck in most situations now there is some hope if you can show that you're having some degradation of the knee some back pain it doesn't need to get that extreme you don't need to go to the point where you're fully disabled but if you're experiencing some pain uh and it is affecting your daily activities then you can get an accommodation and that'll be protected so you may not win the war you may not win seats for everyone in your unit but you can win a seat for yourself okay And, and an accommodation is a very reasonable way of doing that that's federal okay if you're in california you've got another arrow in your quiver. Accommodation for a disability is always on the table. Show that you've got a foot problem, get a note from a doctor, get a note from a chiropractor, your back's messed up, and you can probably get a reasonable accommodation there. Uh, The other thing is in California, we have these things called the Labor and Workforce Development Agency wage orders. And within those wage orders, because the LWDA has rulemaking authority in California, a lot of non-exempt employees and and a lot of people in the nursing industry are entitled to seats wherever it is practical to do so. That practical to do so does create some problems. And with nurses, you are going back and forth, you know, rendering care to patients. But if you have designated charting time and it's reasonable and practical to give you a seat, um, that's certainly a case I would look at. If, if someone came to me and said, look, I'm in this big hospital network. There's 3,000 of us. They don't give any of us seats. They took them all away. Big company-wide policy i'm going to want to look at the nursing station i'm going to want to look at your job duties and okay how much time are you dedicating to charting uh and and i'm telling you it it it's going to raise some red flags there is a not zero percent probability that that would violate california law but it's interesting so yeah
1: okay and when you say get an accommodation i know what that means but can you explain How, what, what that looks like as far as what steps someone would need to go to
2: happily. Okay. So first of all, if you're listening to this, uh, I guarantee is a 100% probability you will be disabled at some point in your life, no matter how, how healthy you are, it's going to happen. Not me, not not me. Everyone (laughs) says that until they hit 60, 70, 80. Yeah. (laughs) You know, you will be disabled at some point in your life. Now, what is a disability? It is any condition that substantially affects a, a significant life activity. That includes work, anything that affects work, okay? Uh, it can be mental or physical. It can be temporary or permanent. It doesn't have to be obvious. When you have a disability, let's say you've got plantar fasciitis or you've got something going on with your back or or any any physical injury you can request a reasonable accommodation i recommend getting a note from your doctor basically mm-hmm. saying it doesn't have to say the diagnosis but it can say hey you know nurse erica is a patient under my care uh i'm recommending that she get reasonable accommodation uh, she shouldn't be lifting more than 20 pounds she should have a seat every hour you know something like that it doesn't have to be too detailed just let us know what the restriction is take that to your employer." again, preserve the notice, you know, protect it to prove that you did it. Then what happens? Well, the employer now has to engage an interactive process with you. It's not a formal thing. This can be over coffee in the break room. It's fine. But in the interactive process, they have to do a couple of things. First, they have to find out if you can still do your core job duties. If you cannot do your core job duties, they don't have to accommodate you. So, like Because that's
1: not considered a reasonable accommodation, It's, it's right? not a
2: reasonable – yeah, if you're a truck driver and you go blind, that's very, very sad, but you can't drive. You're blind. There's no right. – w- what are we going to do, strap an Elon Musk cyborg eye to you? Like what? what are we supposed to do? So at that right. point, the obligation to accommodate goes away. But assuming you can still do your core job duties – Then the next question is, well, what help do you need to keep doing your job? A stool is almost always going to be reasonable. I have not seen a stool be considered an undue burden on the employer. Um, So let's talk about undue burdens. Once you show, hey, I have a disability, I need an accommodation, I can still do my core job duties, the next step is what reasonable accommodation can help you do your job? Well, it can't be an undue hardship on the employer it can't be prohibitively expensive. We can't require an Elon Musk cyborg eye installed into your head. Uh, We can't require them to buy brand new trucks that blind people can drive. Um, But a stool is fine. Uh, Brakes are usually fine. An alternate work schedule is fine. These are things that are typically okay.
1: Okay. Uh, Another trend recently that has come up quite a bit for nurses is healthcare (laughs) organizations are, uh, they have these, time clock systems now that Mm -hmm. they go to clock out at the end of their shift and they have to go through a couple of screens and it forces them to choose. I took a 30 minute lunch. They -hmm. cannot clock out until they are forced to make, to make that selection. And as we know, nurses very often are not getting a break. So it's essentially wage theft. What advice would you have?
2: uh call 888 well, call ryan because does wait a the minute are you... <laughs> say
0: yes or no like yes or no that you got a
1: break and if no no do you get paid? It's not always no a lot of them i'm hearing these days do not it's just Ooh. make the selection it's one choice isn't so that the, terrible
2: you can't clock out until you have marked i took my 30 minute lunch break that is correct a problem That's that is a yes. big problem that's a big problem. Oh,
0: yeah. Ryan's like, can you have those people call me, please? <laughs> I, know, I know.
2: I'm sharpening because... my, my litigation acts as we speak. It's... <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's a big problem for a number of reasons. So the, the first thing that people are going to say is, wait a minute. I just said I took my break. I said I took my break. So do I have any legs to stand on? Look, if it's the only way you can get your pay for the day, uh, I'm, I'm not going to have a problem with that. I would want to actually see the software, and I might want someone to describe how it goes. might even want to see it at some point that's something we can get in discovery but the meal breaks are a huge point of contention in nursing for a couple of reasons let's start with the federal rule here's the federal rule short breaks under 20 minutes generally must be paid okay if you take a 10 minute breather it's got to be paid 15 minute breather got to be paid especially if you're still on site and you know you're just taking a water break or whatever uh for them to not pay you for a break generally has to be longer than 20 minutes and must be duty free. If you are on call with a mandatory minimum response time and you've got your pager, it may not be duty free. If the lunch break is interrupted, you got 5 minutes and they said, "Hey Erica, we need you." That doesn't Constantly. count. Constantly. Doesn't count. Lunch Constantly. break doesn't count. Now, that the federal rule is very simple. It's just, "Hey, if if it's not a duty-free lunch break longer than 20 minutes or if you're on duty whatever it is, they just got to pay you for the time." California has something special. What California does is they say, look, if your lunch break is not given to you or if it's interrupted or if it is not duty-free, then not only do you get paid for the time, it's 30 minutes of money, you also get one additional hour of pay at your regular rate. You can get that for the missed meal and you can get it for the missed break. So you can get up to two hours a day, but you can't double dip. So if you would have had two lunches, you can only get the penalty for one. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what that looks like for nurses typically is they go to take their 30 minute break, they clock out, sometimes they have Mm -hmm. to sometimes not, they're sitting in the break room, and the charge nurse pops in and asks them a quick question. And maybe it's just a one sentence answer, yes or no. Mm -hmm. But then the doctor pops his head in yep. and asks a question, and then a code goes off, and you know it's your patient, and so you run you know it's non stop, mm-hmm. or you still have your
0: phone on you, and the phone rings, and you have to answer it because you didn't get mm-hmm. nobody would pass off the phone, you couldn't pass it off to somebody else, like it's. Nonstop. that
2: happens a lot i see that a lot not just with nursing i also see that kind of thing in the hospitality industry believe it or not they'll put you know one person at the front desk doing an overnight you know and they just say if this phone rings you answer and just eat on your own time doesn't count that's not a lunch break they're on call they're on duty uh, i see that a lot with security guards too security guards get screwed because they're expected to just eat and then keep their pagers and radios on them and respond to calls uh, so again that lunch break doesn't count now One thing hospitals will do to try to get around that, there's that funky software thing you told me about, but they'll get what's called a meal waiver. Uh, In California and in a few other states, you can waive any required lunch break. Remember, the federal rule doesn't require any specific breaks. It just tells you what an unpaid break would look like if you got one, more than 20 minutes, duty-free. Federal law doesn't say, oh, every eight hours you must get a break. But state by state, we might see those requirements. California is one of them. So California says in an eight hour shift, you get one unpaid 30 minute break. If it's over 10 hours, you get two. But what California you can do is you can waive the break by mutual consent. Typically what the employer will do is they'll slip a meal waiver form in your onboarding paperwork, you know, that stack of papers you get, that's this thick and they'll, they'll put a meal waiver in there and just stick it in your employee file. And that way, if you try to sue them for lunch breaks, they'll say, oh, they waived it by mutual consent. Now. If they're doing some funny business with the timekeeping, it's not going to be a defense to that. But that is something to look out for. Now, you don't have to sign those. Uh, it's illegal in California to retaliate against an employee who doesn't want to waive their break. If you say, I'm going to fire you if you don't sign this, then that that's no bueno. You can't do that.
1: Okay. Uh, what would you say to nurses that are being told they have to complete their uh, 10,000 mandatory annual (laughs) modules that we have to do every year. And I mean, literally it's like 80,000 of them. Mm -hmm. It gets more and more every year and we have to do it at home. But the way that they frame it is you should get it done at work. We Mm -hmm. give you time to get it done. at work, and And if you can't, here's the deadline. You need to get it done. And then we ask, can we come in for half a day, get paid and get these done? no, 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 no. You've been given six months to get it done. Now it's on you when the reality is we can't get it done at work. Hmm.
2: In fairness, if they give you plenty of time at work to do it, and they're saying, hey, do 20 minutes here, 30 minutes there, I I can feel the eye rolls. I get it. uh, That is going to be a pretty strong defense. If they say, look, we gave you six months notice, we gave you 12 months notice, um, you know, It it is a good defense, but here's the thing. The next part of the analysis would be, well, how many modules need to be done and what is the average time a reasonable person who's not dilly-dallying takes to go through this, okay? Uh, And if we show that the time provided is insufficient, then any argument that they say, oh, we gave you enough time, isn't going to look as strong. And that's important because I presume, you didn't say this outright, I presume they're saying, oh, do it on your own time at home unpaid yes yeah if they're not yes, providing they, sufficient time they
1: don't time. say the unpaid part of course <laughs> but then but then we say okay will we get paid for that and they say oh no 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 you've been given notice you've been told to get it done
2: that's a case i would that's, look at that's when Absolutely. i just go and
0: write it i write it in the variance book anyways and hope and pray I would absolutely look
2: at that case. I mean, look, we're just talking hypothetically here. So just in theory, I would probably want to get some kind of expert, someone who's an instructor for these courses who can tell me the reasonable amount of time I might even want a sampling of people doing the modules and present that as evidence and just say, hey, you assigned 100 hours of training, you provided not nearly enough time for it at work, and the balance was done at home unpaid. Well, then the next question is going to be, well, you know, this isn't really for us. It's for them. It's for their continuing education. It's for their license. And I'm going to say, no, no, look, to an extent, that is correct. Things like your CPR card or your ALS or something like that, that you need to maintain for your profession. Generally, the employer doesn't have to pay for that training, but things that are mandatory, job-specific, and those for which the employer is a primary beneficiary of that training, uh, then it's got to be paid. So great example. Uh, I don't have to pay, um, let's say I'm an ambulance company and I hire EMTs. I don't really have to pay them to get those CPR cards. I don't really have to pay them to get that EMT certificate. But if I have an ambulance driving course, if I have policies, procedures, or I decide, hey, we're going to practice bandage dressings, we're going to practice splints, things like that, I got to pay for that.
1: Okay. How about uh, nurses that are being written up for fractional overtime? That's a big catchphrase, right, for nurse <laughs> managers. Uh, and so then they will clock out at the end of their shift, but continue to work
2: mm. and chart,
1: finish their documentation.
2: Why are they charting while what do clocked you to- out? Because,
1: because if they get don't, in trouble. they're, yeah. they're going to get written up for staying fractional late. overtime, yeah. for
2: staying late. That is a big problem. So here's the deal with overtime. Uh, If the employer is aware of, or has reason to know that you are working off the clock and they're obtaining a benefit from that, they have to pay for that time. Now, if it is against company, this is where American labor law is. It's kind of backwards. Sometimes I'm not, let's take a step back. Look, American labor law is segmented across the states and it's layered across different job categories and things you do. This is why I'm a big proponent of unions, because when you're unionized, you can kind of make your own rules. OK, I the love it. federal rules in the United States are very, very backwards and they very much favor the employer. Uh, they have to pay you for that time, but they can also punish you for going over. So it creates this catch-22 where it's like I'm legally entitled to the money, but I'll be punished if I go over. Now, look, if they expressly say do not do the overtime and you do it anyway and it wasn't by any means necessary, you're going to have a problem. But if you have this policy where we see hundreds and thousands of unpaid overtime hours occurring every month across a whole unit, uh, that would be the kind of thing where anti-retaliation laws should protect you. And I would talk to an attorney if that sort of fractional thing is happening. I see a lot of that. I see a lot of that. And a really good way to protect yourself is being part of the class action because now you're alleging wage and hour violations. And if they fire you, it's not going to look like they fired you for breaking the overtime rule. It's going to look like they fired you for lodging the wage and hour complaint. So there's some strength. Uh, As for that, I would... Uh, if it were me in that position, I would simply say, look, you've assigned me this task. This task is reasonably going to take X amount of hours. My shift ends at this time. So what are we going to do? Give me more time during the shift, or I'm going to need some overtime. <laughs> and and you protect that. You protect that sure. document. You protect that document. Because That's what they like to say, say, though,
0: is that you should have had time to get it done
1: during your work day. That's okay. And then they, how they want to talk to you about your shitty time management. Yeah, you know, of because course. Because it, it's them, it's them, right? It's not the impossible workload. Yeah. Right. The gaslighting I
2: see in healthcare is absolutely obscene. And I got to be honest, I'm sure there's it one is. out there who's good. I've never met a hospital executive I liked. Now, granted, I meet them in the context of these lawsuits. <laughs> Me neither. And Me neither. It's crazy. It's crazy. These, I'm yeah. telling you, most of these executives, if they disappeared tonight, nothing would change tomorrow. Nothing would change. Yep. But they yep. act like nurses owe them everything, and these nurses yes. just don't appreciate hard work, and they're not committed to mm-hmm. patients, and they're greedy. And it's just some of the most backwards things I've ever heard. Um, if you ever want to bring a hospital executive on the show, I'll happily debate one. Uh, it's oh. just crazy. It's just I oh, I yeah, <laughs> love
0: that. But yet they're so committed to the nurses, right? I'm, I'm sure. Yes. There's – They love the
1: nurses, and they love the patients, and they Mm -hmm. want to do what's best for the community. I got nurses I
2: represent who can barely live in the communities they service. And meanwhile, the CEO, who is a figurehead, a figurehead who does Mm -hmm. nothing, $15 million a year. And it's like yeah, what about
0: that? Why is that not illegal? That your boat your your raised. And I'm it's sorry, a non profit. You mm-hmm. can't even get the 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 minimum. You did great, but there's just nothing in the budget for it. But uh yeah. Mr. Smith, who's sitting in his desk, got an extra fifteen million this year. I, mm-hmm. How is that fair? Like there's, that there, seems it, like it it's should not be illegal. Fair.
2: Uh, It is, there's a couple of reasons for this inflated executive pay that we see, and it's really gotten out of control over the past 40 years, especially there was this, this sort of hockey stick effect that happened around the 60s and 70s, where CEO pay went from something like 20 times the average worker's salary to now we're at over 300 times the average worker's salary. Wow, Uh, it's, it's (laughs) absolutely obscene what's going on. And, And what are some of the justifications we see? Uh, The first thing is, you know, a lot of boards will say, well, it's competitive. We really need this guy. He's a rock star. He knows all the key players in the industry. And this is who we need because of who he golfs with and who he knows. And in fairness, there is some value to having someone in a leadership position who knows the right senators and knows the right insurance people and can get, you know, the hospital what needs. There is value to that. I'm not an idiot, but. Is it really 15 million dollars of value? They say, well, if we don't pay exactly. that, someone else will I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that uh, these these CEOs, maybe a million dollars a year of value. I don't know 15, 20, 30. if I'm a shareholder, I'm sitting there wondering I'll where's my dividends for at a minimum <laughs> you know because that's the other that's the other thing you got to think is a lot of these nurses or not a lot of these nurses a lot of these hospitals, they have shareholders they answer to. They don't give a lying about patients. They do not care about patients. They care about patients about as much as McDonald's cares about cattle because the patient is not the priority. The shareholder is.
1: (laughs) They have professional investors. Not Mm -hmm. a lot of people realize that, that take all of the revenue and reinvest it in the stock market, in different things. Mm -hmm. These are non-profit healthcare organizations that are employing professional investors.
2: Nonprofit means nothing. I've sued nonprofits. Um, I I actually put out a video just the other day on my YouTube talking about this, where I see a lot of people where they will be pressured to work for free. They'll be pressured not to speak up about intolerable work conditions because, oh, we're a nonprofit. The people we serve, you're stealing from the children. That's absolutely not true. First of all, the NFL is a nonprofit rolex is a non like nonprofit means nothing
1: it, wow. it truly means nothing wow. it,
2: it's a tax it's a tax status that you can get um you know and just because you are a non-profit doesn't mean people aren't getting rich
1: yeah and we that's see that very all the time. True. you can be a non and still
2: pay yourself six hundred and forty thousand dollars a year salary plus obscene numbers of bonuses there, there's nothing that stops you from doing that and that's what we see
1: Yeah. Now, how did you go from Attorney Ryan to Attorney Ryan on (laughs) social media? How did you
0: make that jump? I was just going to ask that. I want to know that
2: too. You know, I I ask myself that sometimes. Uh, I got to be honest. It's if, if I were to go back in time three years ago and say, "Hey, man, you're going to have millions of followers, and you know you'll get recognized," I got recognized in court today. That was kind of fun. Uh, get recognized, <laughs> so I'd be like, cool. "You're out of your mind! Why would that happen? Who who cares? It's about what I do." What happened? Here's what I think happened. I think first of all, <laughs> it was COVID, and someone introduced mm-hmm. me to TikTok, and then just left. Uh, and Same. Then I started Same. making the videos, and.
0: And then you're the, hooked. You're hooked. Same.
2: We, most of us work for a living, but none of us are taught our rights. But what we, the, the, for a lot of people, the first person who explains, I'm doing air quotes for people who are just listening, who explains your rights to you is a manager or an owner or an employer who has a fundamental conflict of interest with you, who does not right. know better than you, yeah. and who has, a, who has a financial interest to gain by you being ignorant. Or they just don't want to deal with you and they bully you. So there's a lot of myth out there. There's a lot of lies about our rights and we have to undo those rights. There's a lot of fear out there. And I try to help take that fear away by showing people things they can do. I don't have magic cure-all solutions to everyone's problems. But I have some tools we can use, okay? So I think there was a demand for it. And, you know, I think also, at least I hope, I think people sense that I'm a true believer. I am not just a lawyer in this for the money. Yes, I'm a business owner. This is how I make my living. And I'm paid pretty well for what I do. But I truly care about what I'm doing here. I was a blue collar guy. I worked for sub minimum wages. I know what it feels like to work your ass off. And you can barely afford rent, even with roommates. And then some yep. asshole CEO tries to act like you're a spoiled brat for asking for a raise. Fuck that. I, right. I truly feel the anger of working class people. I feel the change in the United States over the past 20 years. This is not Sorry, I'm going on a bit of a rant here, but truly this is not Please. the America we were promised. This is not the America I pledged allegiance to in grade school. I was told this is the best country in the world and we have so much opportunity here. And oh, wouldn't you, you wouldn't survive in communist Europe. We have it so good here. I need people to open their damn eyes and see what is happening to working people. We have a cost of living crisis. It yes. is rushing working people. I don't care what the stock market is doing. Oh, this S&P 500 is up a couple of That doesn't matter. You don't have an economy without a bare minimum surviving working class, but a thriving working class is where true economic strength comes from. So, uh, and I'm almost done with my rant here. Look, if you want a really powerful economy uh you need a, you need to take care of working class people you want to beat china in a in a shooting war you want to beat up russia you want to be the number one military economic power we need a strong domestic economy and it starts with making sure that people can be treated fairly at work can put out the best work um and and, and have some consumer demand too you know when you crush working class people and they don't make enough money to survive well Walmart sales are going to go down. Target sales are going to go down. You have less discretionary spending. So, all these business owners who like to scream that, oh, well, you know, you should just work harder. It's like people are already working two jobs and do not have enough money to go out to eat. That's going to affect everyone. There's a ripple effect when we ignore working people. So, all that to say, I think people sense that I'm sincere. There's a lot of lawyers out there who are not sincere and whether you agree with me or not at least you know i'm not bullshitting you i really care about I this stuff i think that you're
0: you're empa- i i'm just meeting you but i can tell you're an empath you're empathetic you i think that you feel what other people are feeling because A, yes you're an attorney now and i'm i'm sure that obviously you make a lot more money than you did as a firefighter but i know that you remember that you remember busting your ass um working those mm-hmm. shifts and and doing all of that and and remembering what it's like to make $16 an hour yeah. or and I never you know forgot. what I mean like
2: I never forgot yeah. and this is why people like Paige too Paige is bigger than me she's more famous than than I am and and, and she has the same attorney thing uh, listen to her her interview on my podcast sometime and we kind of peeled back the layers of who she is and I think that she got really big for the same reason she's not just some privileged asshole who Went to law school and does this stuff because oh we can make money. She was a working class person. She worked two or three jobs all throughout law school. Uh, She was making sub minimum wages at one point. She was bullied at work too. We had a very similar experience coming up, and she remembers Mm -hmm. it and she cares about it, and that's why she does what she does.
0: And people recognize it. People see that. People (laughs) see that. People know that they 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 can read. genuine people and they can read people that just are in it to be on on
2: the yeah and i I try not to blow up too much on the pages on podcasts i'll let it rip a little bit because i'll be honest i am mad as hell i am mad as hell i don't think it's fair how people get treated and and you know it for all their their profound patriotism i i wish that some of my opponents would understand that a nation is nothing but a group of people and how well we take care of each other is going to dictate our strength
1: yeah. Do you think you'll ever run for politics? I, would I was rather about to not... say
0: Ryan for president.
2: No, 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 no. <laughs> Me too. I,
1: I wrote that down.
2: <laughs> I, here's the thing. Uh, I, I do see myself as, as a leader in some way, particularly in my ability to affect change in people's real working and living conditions. And I think the best way I'm able to do that is as a workers' right advocate and what I do. Uh, I am paid when the worker gets paid. I am paid when I succeed in the lawsuit. Uh, and I, I use the tools at my disposal to help people. And I'm proud of what I do. The problem with politics is I just don't see a way anyone gets into it without becoming beholden to lobbyists and interests and yes. things like that. What's nice about what I do is I'm truly independent. And, you know, the, yeah. the, the Democratic National Committee can hate me. The Republicans can hate me. Big oil can hate me. Big tobacco. <laughs> It doesn't matter who hates me. I can still do what I need to do. What sucks about politics, because I'm not going to lie, I've thought about it, but it's like once you get into Congress, it's it's very hard to be taken seriously without some kind of backing behind you. And how do you get that? Yes. There's a couple of people who I consider to be quite heroic who've sort of done the dance and been able to have influence without becoming beholden to those special interests. But it's a very complicated dance. And I think I'm more effective where I am now.
1: And you know, you're right about other countries. Um, half of my family is in the Czech Republic in oh, Europe. Nice. And I was there a couple of years ago, well, it was right, right before COVID. Mm-hmm. And the quality of life, you know, what we have been sold as Americans that we're the best country ever, that we have the best health best care, everything, mm-hmm. is is such a farce. You know, you have taxi drivers there, you have blue collar workers there, and their quality of life surpasses college educated professionals here in the US, their health care covered uh, their food quality, better crime rate, much less their protections, their resources, everything from maternal paternal oh, leave. But what about I their mean, freedom?
2: Nurse Erica, that sounds like communism. Where's the freedom?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'm being you know, facetious. Um, it's,
2: ma- yeah. What is freedom? Really? It, the ability to express yourself yeah. to live without fear. Uh, you know, a lot of Americans, I, I didn't look at the latest data. I, I might be misqu. It's somewhere between 60 and 70% of working Americans are paycheck to paycheck. If that's, I'm sure. if, no. it, yeah. if, if the economy Probably takes a higher, hit, I
1: think,
2: yeah, if the economy takes a hit, a lot of people are this close to being homeless and, um, it, it's a big problem here. So look, the, uh, America has a ton of potential. It really does. And it has bright I spots. There, I, I would rather live here than than another place for now. Uh, you know, sometimes Portugal and Italy call my name, but I, I do love it here <laughs> and I want America to succeed. But for America to succeed, we have to stop pretending it's perfect. It's not, it's not perfect. Yes. And we need to stop conflating military might with greatness. Uh, you know, our, we need to not measure our greatness as a nation by our ability to blow stuff up there's more to it than that. Thank you. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, look, it, uh, aliens invade, yeah, America's going to step up and we got the best fighting chance, but at what at what cost, you know, um we need to start focusing on what it really means to be an American and what quality of life looks like here. That we need to start looking at do people have the opportunity to actually pursue their dreams here? Can an immigrant come here with you know seven bucks in their pocket and open a store and become something it's getting harder and harder for people to achieve that yeah that's
0: what i was gonna say i feel like it used to be it used to be the dream i don't know that the dream is so much achievable
2: in some parts of the country that's the cool thing about america is it's a very diverse very big place it's really 50 small countries packed into one big border uh (laughs) with the states and that's federalism but i i think that uh You know, if if we can focus on what the American dream was and just dial back and stop these ideological fights and just say, all right, what does it take for someone with nothing to become a business owner or to become a a profession that they really love? You know how if we start from the bottom and look at the way someone works their way up in the United States, I think we'll do well. The whole trickle-down economic theory is garbage. It doesn't work. And it's been a disaster for as long as I've been alive. I think that we started looking at the bottom of the rung, the immigrant, the poor person, the disabled person, and what does their quality of life look like? I think the more we focus on that, the stronger we will be. I truly think that it would create a massive economic boom if we did that. And with an economic boom, look buy as many missiles as you want. I don't care. But we, we would be a better place.
0: He totally could be president. I'm just
1: saying. I I'm know. Just, Can't you I'm see it? Saying. I can totally see
2: it.
0: You may need to rethink it, Ryan. I don't know. I, I don't give know it what some to thought.
1: Say.
2: I'm not even qualified agree. right year, now. It's fine. Ten don't worry fan. about it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> too young. Uh, no, I, I like what I do. And, and truly, if anyone's listening and they're thinking that they're interested in politics, power to you. But if if you really want to affect big scale policy change, take a look at being a lawyer. Because I work in the statutes of our country every day. I work in our legal system every day. I've got a pretty firm understanding of how things work. And truly, a, a million dollar class action lawsuit can change policies and it can change laws. There, there are companies yeah. who have entire policies written in their handbook because I sued them for something. You know, you can do stuff. Yes, I love that. I love, yeah. that. I love that. I love that. Why is this rule That's here? Because some really a- sued us.
0: <laughs> there, yeah, I'm sure that the organization's like, we hate Attorney Ryan.
2: A lot of mandatory sexual his- harassment training because of me. I'll tell you that much. I
0: love where, that. Where can people it. find you on social media? Cause, I mean, I know that you probably don't even care about that. But for people that don't know, what, do you, what is your – what's I, your handle? I made I the videos with your 400
2: handle? followers, and I still make them with 200 and something thousand. I'll always make the videos. I actually do enjoy it. Uh, but, so on Instagram, I'm at attorney Ryan. just one word. On TikTok, I'm at Attorney Ryan, all one word. Uh, TikTok, I keep it pretty much focused on labor law. If you want to know a little bit more about what happens behind the scenes and some of the other things I do, I'm a little more personal on Instagram. And then YouTube is at Ryan Steiger, R-Y-A-N-S-T-Y-G-A-R. It's where we we do dabble in some long-form content when I have time, and we have the Working Class Podcast there.
1: That's I was so just awesome. going to say, you just recently started your own podcast, didn't you? Yeah, we
2: just wrapped a 10-episode season. We're taking a short break because i got a couple of trials that oh, I have nice. to do. And then we've got some really good stuff. We actually already recorded the first two episodes of the second season. And we've got a couple other that we're going to record after my trial. And then we'll put that all out there.
1: There's That's seasons? Awesome. Should we be doing seasons? I never <laughs> even it's thought it, of that. that. It's I don't good. Know.
2: <laughs> it, it's good workflow for us because we can manage batches of 10. And and that really helps us with the planning, especially as a litigator, where being a content creator is not my full time job. Uh, my full time job yeah. is being a lawyer, so it just makes it so much easier yeah. to say, "Look, we're just going to do batches of ten, batches of ten. We can manage that." That's perfect.
1: Mm-hmm. Me and Nurse Erica, left? we're just what? we're just winging it, aren't we, Erica? we we really are just winging it winging as it's by, uh, yeah. earlier today when we had all the technical difficulties oh, you managed it yeah, just it. fine i'm all, the one who another. broke
2: it i'm the one who broke it as for backlash <laughs> hell yeah you did not ton of did it did not ton of it tons <laughs> sure okay tell me a get. little
1: bit about that from your colleagues
2: yeah uh, with your okay. social media well with the colleagues i don't really care uh because <laughs> i th- uh, if someone it. wants to say, "Oh, I would never be on social media," it's so unprofessional. It's like, okay, uh, your opinion is noted, but it doesn't really matter. Then don't do it, so, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't care if another lawyer has a because really, another lawyer, if if they're smart, they'll they'll just ask to do business with me. I get more leads than I can handle. I'll share them with you if you're if you're good at what you do and I like you. I'll, I'll bring you on we can co-counsel we can work together it'll be great uh but if you want to talk shit and be like oh he's so cringe he's so <laughs> embarrassing uh you know i can't believe he does this then i don't really care about your opinion i disagree uh i do get a lot of backlash from the general public um people think that really? I am, i've been accused and i've never said i am any of these things but people just assume that i'm like a communist or a socialist or i hate america <laughs> none of those things are true oh my gosh none of those things are true <laughs> i just want people to be able to work a job have a place to live have a place to eat go out once in a while with friends and live a happy life is that really so much to ask for i mean if that's communism whatever
0: how dare you how dare you just do something for good
2: There's something funny has happened where the rich have convinced the poor that other poor people are their enemy in this country. I I get a lot of, and, and I get it. I get it. I was a blue collar guy for most of my life. I still very much identify as a blue collar guy in my heart. And I remember in that environment, it because we were working so hard, this jealousy of, oh, well, you know, if, if someone on welfare gets their rent paid for, then why can't I? I work so hard. Well, first of all, that's not really how welfare works. They're not getting as much money as you think they're getting. And there's a lot of conditions. And a lot of these people would, ra- not all, but, you know, a lot of these people would rather be able to hold down a job. There are reasons that are sometimes outside their control where they're collecting these food stamps and have to live in a place with lots of rules and and they don't really have freedom, you know? Um, and part of that's because our welfare system is kind of weak in the US, but that's another issue. The point is a lot of people get very angry because they're scared I'm trying to take something from them. They're scared that I'm trying to turn their employees against them and make them be lazy. Nothing of the sort, you know, if if you're- Do you think it's
1: jealousy, Ever?
2: It, I'm sure. It could be, uh, you know- if you feel you're working harder than someone and they have more than you whether that's real or perceived you're naturally going to be upset yeah you're naturally going to be upset uh i see a lot of people who say you know oh you know why should you get student loans forgiven i didn't take any student loans and i'm fine it's it's there there is a broader ecosystem at work here and you do not have to be the direct beneficiary of a welfare program to be a secondary beneficiary. Wouldn't you rather live in a community with less crime? Wouldn't you rather live in a community with better customer service, more fully staffed restaurants, services are readily available to you, more businesses, more competition? All of this happens when we have people that aren't Just barely surviving. Because when you put people in the desperation mode, one of two things happens they're going to step outside the law and do what it takes to survive, including robbing you. Right. Or they just give up. Because what's the point of even trying anymore?
1: Right.
2: Both of those are bad situations. You're better off paying a little bit of taxes, and by the way, it wouldn't come out of blue-collar people. How about some CEOs pay some freaking taxes once in a while? That would be nice. Thank you. That's the, the other thing that is would be, uh, I right? get a lot of blue-collar people who just don't understand how taxes work, and that's fine. It's not they're not they're not lawyers, they're not tax professionals. They're right. they're very good at their job, but someone told them, "Oh, you know the welfare queens want your paycheck." Uh, nothing of the sort. How about you know? If you paid a single penny in taxes, you've paid more than a lot of millionaires. Most millionaires yes. that I have worked with.
1: Because they can afford all well, the professionals to get all the tricks. and Not
2: only will they pay no tax, a lot of them will get a giant tax rebate. I mean, we're handing out six mm. and seven figure checks to these people uh, because the tax wow. code is geared very heavily towards landowners and business owners, which is fine to an extent. But I just the whole point of this, all I'm trying to say is it is a myth to say that having social programs is going to cause your taxes to go up. It's possible if you have sloppy politicians who are corrupt and only protect the rich. Yeah. But any half decent politician or lawmaker can fund a decent social program without raising money on the poor and the working class.
1: Yeah, I agree. Now, I would have the entire nursing community come after me if I did not ask you this. Uh, What is your advice for people that are dealing with a workplace bully Mm -hmm. and HR is purposely protecting the bully and ignoring all of the reports? Because bullying, unfortunately, is pervasive Mm -hmm. in the nursing profession. Oh, yeah.
2: Absolutely. Okay, so here's the first thing. Bullying, not always illegal. OK, I know it's surprising, but uh, what you may be thinking is maybe a hostile work environment. So here's the thing about bullying. If the bullying is retaliation for reporting an unsafe work condition, uh, you know, wage theft, harassment, all those things we talked about, then it's retaliation and there there can be some liability and you can be protected. But let's assume it's just personal. This person just doesn't like you. They don't like your tone of voice. They are jealous or threatened by you. Uh, and then they just target you. And then they've been there longer, so HR protects them. What do you do? Well, if you think that the, the harassment may be illegal, go ahead and report in writing. Keep the copy for yourself. At least this way, if things get worse, you've got some legal options. So, boom, we've protected your money. What about your social life? Well, here's how I would deal with a bully, having been bullied at work before. Number one, work on yourself work on your mental health work on your physical health if you are physically healthy and mentally healthy outside of work then most bullies aren't going to be able to affect you as much because they win when you start to feel unconfident and doubt yourself and if you get a little sting in your belly and you cry in the break room that is them winning they win so if you focus on just self-care first that's going to do a lot of good for you you know what folks here you say no matter how hard life gets when in doubt just work on yourself get hot and rich the more money and and hot you can get go for it go work out it really ha- no, i'm serious it helps it helps to just take care of and yourself you've
1: been on a fitness journey recently haven't you oh, i think i saw it i lost you look great thanks
2: i lost about 25 pounds since my dr phil appearance awesome. and it did help with my that's ability right to manage you were stress. on
1: dr phil yeah uh,
2: yeah I, as a litigator i'm, I'm bullied uh, as part of my job i go to court get bullied by the judge i get bullied by opposing counsel but uh being healthier has helped a lot you don't have to be some cross Fit super athlete just take care of yourself so that's right. step one right okay? step two bullies lose power when they are isolated having a network of people who you like having people have your back and be your friend uh just yep. working on your network is excellent armor against a bully it really is bullies lose their power when they see they're not affecting you and when you're more well liked than they are and don't worry about getting management on your side fuck management get the get the the floor on your side because truly there's more of them you see them more often they tend to be more fun and more interesting anyway and at the end of the day if you're getting bullied by someone and you're invited to happy hour and they're not who wins
1: right yeah exactly I find that having a couple um comebacks mm-hmm. at the ready for when the bully inevitably says something to you, like strategic comebacks that that will not paint you in a bad light professionally mm-hmm. to where you might get in trouble. So I have a little list and I always tell people, you know, ask them, raise your voice, just just barely, mm-hmm. barely, and say, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Can you repeat that? Mm-hmm. To get other people's attention, make them repeat the shitty thing that they said. I really like saying, that one. Or saying, "Did you mean, yeah? Did you mean that to be helpful or hurtful?"
0: Well, I can't I love, tell. I still, I tell Erica, kill them with the opposite. Kill them with kindness. They come mm-hmm. at you with a bully mentality when, just like you said, when they don't get the reaction from you that they think that they're going to get, and you say something like, "I'm sorry that you feel that way," like. But I think that you're an amazing person and you're, you're pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, I'm not you know,
2: capable of that. Uh, the killing with kindness it, it is works. nice. Uh, you know, one other uh, Erica, you had some great ones. One I've seen is the kind of acting concerned and saying, this seems out of character for you. What's going on? That's fine. <laughs>
0: yeah. Are you yeah, okay? Are you okay?
2: And, and, and look, that's, that's there. For me, I tend to be a little more. Uh, I, I see having the network and taking care of yourself as defense because spe- I see this a lot in litigation: the mudslinging, the personal attacks, the aggression. I deal with every day from opposing counts I didn't happen today. I, I just it, to the extent possible, I do not engage. I do not respond with the shitty thing. I really don't. I really don't. And if someone starts laying into me, saying oh this and that, and you're out of line, blah blah blah, I don't even respond. Like, Did you hear me? Did you hear me? What and is it like? I. What do you want me to do, man? I can see you're angry and I'm sorry about that, but I I don't see anything I can do for you. Maybe have a banana and a walk in the sun. That might help. (laughs) It might help. Are you
1: hangry? That's that's
2: been a new comeback of mine. I say have a banana and a mental health walk. I'm going
1: to add that to the list. Oh, man. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you need a (laughs) timeout? Ryan, I can't tell you what a difference, I'm sure you already know, but what a difference you're making in people's lives and especially for healthcare workers. I send nurses and healthcare professionals to your page and to Page Sparks page all the time because That's awesome. collectively nurses just don't have any idea what our rights are and what the law is. And you are really providing... Such an important service and I'm so grateful for you and your platforms.
2: Thank you for everything that you do. I sincerely appreciate I keep doing that. It. Thank you. Don't and, go anywhere. And props to you guys too, <laughs> the frontline people. Thank you for what you do. And and really that means a lot to me. Thank you. I'm really happy to hear it's helpful. It
1: Absolutely. is, it is. Tell us again where everyone can find you and what's up next. <sighs> for Attorney Ryan.
2: Oh, great. Okay, yeah. So, uh the Working Class Podcast, you can find anywhere you enjoy podcasts. It's Working Class with Attorney Ryan. Uh you can find me on YouTube at Ryan Steiger. You can find me on Instagram at Attorney Ryan. Instagram is where I'm most active and you can get to know me and my practice best. Uh you can also find me on Threads at Attorney Ryan. You can find me on TikTok at Attorney Ryan. Uh I don't really do X or Twitter anymore. Not my thing nothing political no. i just i yeah. just never i never got yeah. onto the twitter thing i i think video Me is neither. where i shine yeah. best it's a weird what's coming next <laughs> uh you know, probably a book there's some talk about that and I can't I can't Ooh. reveal too much yet but you can essentially look at it as like a workers rights bible a little manual about your rights with uh, Ooh, some yeah with some case studies in when there. that comes so out. basically say hey here's your basic rights everything from wage and hour to leave and anti-discrimination dealing with bullies things we talked about and I'll put real cases I know cases five in the million awesome.
1: nurses that will buy that Absolutely. Happy to hear about it.
2: Yeah, uh, the, that is Absolutely. still that is still in the very early planning phases. I, I want to do it right. I've written a few books in the past, but this one we're, we're teaming up with some really fantastic people and, I, and we're going to take our time with it and knock it out of the park.
0: That's awesome. It's like a it'll be like a go to like manual. I, I ideally, mean, that's, that's, that's what I envision
2: for it. It's yeah. just any you graduate high school, you're going to a job. Take a look at this. You're going to need it.
1: Yeah. Oh, Oh, Please do that. (laughs) Please do that. And let me know when it's
2: out. Absolutely. I will. Thank you so much, guys.
1: Um, I guess I'll wrap this up
0: until next time, guys. um, This is Nurses on Court signing out. And uh, thanks again to Attorney Ryan. We'll see you guys next
2: time. Thank you. (laughs)